And hey everyone, you're listening to part two of the Collabcast coverage of the 2019 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. And on this episode, we'll be bringing you the rest of the interviews that we conducted throughout the festival, including our conversations with the filmmakers behind the web series We Gonna Be Alright and the film's The Ugly Motto in the New York Minute. And we catch up with our friend Kulat Valaisek about the LA premiere of her documentary Origin Story. A big thank you to Visual Communications for putting on such a great film festival and helping us coordinate interviews with all these amazing filmmakers. So let's get right into it. Our first conversation is with the makers of the web series We Gonna Be Alright, director Bao Nguyen, and host and author Jeff Chang, who also wrote the book We Gonna Be Alright. The series is a fascinating look on the ways that America is becoming resegregated through the lens of the youth and marginalized communities. Bao and Jeff take a look at issues such as gentrification, representation in media and intersections through a series of interviews and personal stories you can watch the whole series now on facebook watch by going to the indian lens storycast facebook page or just by searching we gonna be all right on facebook so please enjoy our interview with bao and jeff And you're listening to the Collabcast. We are here at the Potluck Podcast Studios in the VC offices. And I'm here with the filmmakers of We Gonna Be All Right, director of Balwin and the author of the book that the series is based on, Jeff Chang. Welcome to the studio. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Guys. So happy to be here. Yeah. Um, the film is premiering. Is it premiering? Like, is this the premiere? Yeah. I mean, it's technically, it's like a sneak preview okay. uh, of the series. And it was officially the premiere is may 14th okay well also it's it's the uh it's it's playing at the los angeles asia pacific but this will be the first time it's going to be playing in public (laughs) so let's just call it a premiere awesome yeah it's a it's a it's a web series right that um you guys developed um based on jeff's book tell us a little bit about what the series is about sure it's uh well it's four episodes and we take uh one of the topics of of four of the essays and kind of develop them in a completely different direction. Um, Bao's like been able to kind of take the text and, and like stretch it and turn it into something new. Yeah. And the other thing um, about it is that, you know, the book came out in 2016 uh, before the elections actually, mm-hmm. hence the title. <laughs> and so um, a lot has happened obviously since, you know, the fall of 2016. Uh, and, and so, you know, we wanted to, to kind of capture a lot that's that's happened and in, in, in that kind of thing in the world since. So, right. So, the book and the series is about race, the the resegregation of race in in the in in the United States. Yes. Right. And um, and well, I mean, the title itself is pretty hopeful. You just mentioned, you know, the. The book was written before, <laughs> yeah. you know, we all hope was lost or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, how has that, how, how has that story changed since then? You know, how, how has that affected the, the, the movie? And, you know, because these days when we're all feeling like the world is one big, you know, trash fire, you know, it, we still need to hold on to some hope, right? Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, what, what we couldn't have predicted is, just how intensely the world would and the nation would especially continue to resegregate you know the the intensity of it the 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 scale of it the um the way in which it's kind of impacting us all um the way it sweeps everybody up uh in it um and so even from the beginning of us talking about this to the the time we actually sat down to shoot there was so many things that kind of came up. We really had way too much material, actually. That was kind of a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we could probably do a lot more seasons of this, actually. Uh, we've talked about that, too. But, you know, we, we cover um, gentrification and displacement and really the larger kind of frame of resegregation in Silicon Valley. Mm. Uh, we look at Hollywood, um, you know, post-Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at the Harvard admissions case, uh, and then we sort of look at the world, um, in, in broad strokes, you know, artists and organizers and activists are kind of thinking about this. Yeah. So we talk about, oh, did you have anything to <laughs> No, I mean, it was funny that you brought up the, that the message is hopeful initially, or the title is hopeful because that's one of the conversations that Jeff and I kept on having, whether or not 
how hopeful the series is. And I was like, well, you know, the book is the title of the book is so hopeful. And that's what attracted to me. And one of the things that attracted me to adapting it into a series is that even though things aren't going down the way we had hoped, we going to be all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think uh, nowadays people are looking for hope in, in other places other than their leaders because they can't find it there. Mm -hmm. And culture is a place that uh, we can kind of emphasize the hopefulness of, of America and of the people of America. I think during the Obama administration, um, it was easier to kind of rely on certain leaders to reflect those values for us. And then our art was maybe a little more uh, dire. And now it's kind of the reverse and that we kind of, as you know, from my perspective as as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, we have to find these pockets of hope in this despair. Yeah, yeah, art kind of pulls us in the direction that we uh, we need to go. And I think you know, it's uh, so like I was part of the Obama, uh, the first Obama campaign back in two thousand and eight, mm. and um, I was covering it for Vibe magazine and a bunch of other folks. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that kind of came out during the Obama administration were all of these social movements calling attention to economic inequality, to Black Lives you know, Matter, um, to uh, our environmental justice, uh, to the water protectors, the indigenous water protectors, um, and, and, you know, and even up to all the way up through um, Me Too and um, Parkland. And, uh, and I think that, that in, in, and you know, with the onset of the of the Trump administration, um, what we found is, I think, when we went out to do the work, is that people are really explicit about what the problems are. They they and and the the most articulate, some of the most articulate voices are folks that we wouldn't have even expected, like the kids. You know, mm -hmm. we we talked to um, high school students, um, and uh, and at the same time, you know, they all have. A way to be able to to see the light in the darkness and to and and to see you know how the joy of bringing people together um, is is uh, something that in and of itself is is a powerful force for change. Um, so I you know we despite you know at the beginning it was like uh you know violent we had this interesting dialectic i was like uh here's a problem and then bobby like yeah but where's the hope <laughs> and then we kind of like go back and forth about that and sometimes it would be like you know bob would be like here's a problem and i'll be like okay but bob like you reminded me where's the hope and so we'd go back and forth and in the end you know it's we we just we found what we were we were looking for i think yeah that's awesome i remember when um, 2016 happened and everyone kind of you go through you know, the five phases of grief right um but when we i think we added grief, a few phases of grief to that right <laughs> but i remember like personally thinking like okay because i was collaboration had our empower conference like the day after the um the election so i was fortunate enough to be surrounded by other creators who are all like kind of dealing with what just happened and mm -hmm. what like kind of seeing like this is what our country is right now. Um, and I remember just thinking about like, okay, at this point we can accept the country as it is and just be like, we're screwed. Or like, I can continue to believe that the future where we are diverse and we are like, we live in a diverse community and like work towards, keep working towards that because that's the alternative is not acceptable for me personally. Right. And I haven't seen the series yet. I'm going to watch it today, tonight at the um, at the non-premiere premiere and um the first question you ask in the trailer though is asking people what diversity means to them and i think it means something it means much more than just having different faces nowadays now mm -hmm. it, it means like truly like having a multicultural society right yeah and yeah. being able to move towards equity and justice and mm -hmm. recognizing that all of those types of things are interrelated because like diversity diversity has kind of become a catchphrase mm -hmm. But what we loved about that particular scene that we used in the trailer is the the students, they just went right up to it. They're like, diversity is about when folks are not like on top of each other, one on top of the other, dominating each other, right? It, it's everybody together 
Um, and that's the other part of it too is <laughs> it's, I sit in a lot of meetings now because I do equity and justice trainings mm-hmm. um, with, you know, large organizations, arts institutions, cultural institutions, um, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and a lot of times folks would be like, oh, yeah, we just need more diverse people in here, um, you know, and we because we have too many non-diverse people in here. I'm like, that's not the right definition <laughs> of diversity, y'all. It's like the way you misuse intersectionality. But like, no, diversity is everybody, right? It's not like I'm not diverse because I'm not white. I'm diverse because I'm a part of a group of all kinds of different folks. Um, and I think that that's the thing that's been lost is that uh, it, there's an us versus them type of thing happening. And so that's part of what, um, you know, I think the students are pointing out to us is, is no, it's everybody together. Um, and we're all going to figure this out together or all going to go down together. Um, and right now, you know, maybe we're leaning towards the latter than the former, (laughs) but, um, but certainly like Bao said, you know, like we are trying to, to trying to use our talents for, for good, our powers for good, I guess. Yeah. What about the hope? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Talk to me about the um, the process of making this film, like going out and finding the stories. Like how how is that process like? You know, figuring out who to who to talk to, where to talk to, what stories to highlight. Because it's like, like you said, this could be like multiple seasons, and you know, you, you have to fit into like one. Is it a four episode series, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So the first season of hopefully many seasons is four episodes, and I think. Jeff and I sat down, and and again, there's it, it makes my job easier when there's really great source material. And so Jeff's book, when I first read it, I had no intention of adapting it. I just read it because, uh, you know, I became friends with Jeff, and I was starting to read all his books. But when I was reading it, I, the filmmaker in me is always kind of thinking, well, is this? Can I? I just like close my eyes for a bit and see if I can visualize what Jeff's words are are saying and even though it's it's really rich and and I mean the term dense in the most positive light <laughs> um, <laughs> I I could feel like this is something that could be told visually in a very effective and um and engaging way um because I was like the, the way that Jeff writes he takes very complex concepts and data and numbers but makes it into a narrative and makes it about the people instead of the numbers and i thought that's that's what the world is kind of missing nowadays we get all these stats mm. and we get you know data takes data is king but we never see like that one what does that one statistic that number out you know someone can say like there's a million people were displaced but let's let's talk let's meet one of them mm-hmm. and i think that has much more power than sometimes just seeing a number yeah we, we um you know the, we went out and researched a lot of different types of stories that were that were out there um and we did it you know kind of um by instinct and i think that every time we do- dove in we were kind of surprised about you know what we found and so you know i you know for instance I wanted to do the admission story because this is a story that I lived um, literally for the last 30 years. And it also is a story that is very live right now. And it's one of the few things I think that um, I think people are genuinely confused about. You know, people have very strong emotions about it, but in terms of the actual issues of it, people are confused about it. So we wanted to provide like a deep history of the admissions um, controversies and crises and discrimination Mm -hmm. um, against Asian Americans in the process, because it goes back 40 years. Um, And, and yet at the same time in the process of kind of, of, of going to it and uncovering it, like we, um, we just learned all kinds of things about how people uh, are, are coming to the issue these days, you know? And so referencing against the high school students um, that we spoke to, um, you know, my my son was in in that group, but that the, we just learned so much. Um, people, st- students don't have um, any kind of um, they don't have any kind of illusions, despite the fact that universities have been pushing diversity for about two decades now. They don't have any illusions that they're going to go to campuses where they'll see, um, especially black students. We'll see a lot a lot of fellow black students mm-hmm. uh, there, where where. Um, 
students of color who are not Asian American, you know, are are don't expect to to see other um, folks of color, even if you're talking about California, and that was really disturbing and and uh, depressing to us. But at the same time, they they you know um, provide us hope because they they're over there figuring it out. They're 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 working together to try to to try to get at these issues. The other thing I want to say too is that Bao like. Bao's eye and his really deep kind of um, attention to story and to detail um, is just something that, um, I mean, people really have to see. There's so many favorite images of mine in terms of thinking about the series um, itself. And, you know, I think just the in that particular episode, and we're focusing a lot on this Harvard episode, but in that particular episode... Um, there are these images of uh, that where Bao has kind of centered each of these folks in turn, and I think that in of itself says so much about like the way that we want to see the world, um, where each person stands in the frame and you can see them in their full humanity. You know, um, uh, it's it it just destroys all kinds of stereotypes about uh, about people just to look at these images. Um, and, and in that way, like, I think that the way that, um, it came together was, you know, there were words, but the, the images, um, are, are like express so much more than the, than the words in the, in the, in the series do, I think. I'm excited to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. We think it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of watching it, we're. Can I watch it if I want to? For our listeners who can't make it out to the um, film festival tonight, sure. You, there's uh, a, a bunch of different places you'll be able to see it. It's uh, it's going to be on YouTube under the Indie Lens Storycast um, uh, 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 YouTube page. They also have a Facebook page uh, that you can watch it at on Facebook Watch. Um, I have a website called BeAllRight.net. <laughs> And we're going to have uh, the videos embedded in there as well. Mm. Um, and uh, and you'll be able to see it at the Indie Lens Storycast um, website page, which is accessible at storycastdocs, all one word, dot com. So awesome. I think that's everything, yeah? That's it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we should probably start memorizing this field a little better. <laughs> well, you, uh, you, you're, you're, you're about to head on a whirlwind tour to like show this thing off, aren't you? Yeah, the next few days will be a little nuts, but uh, we're, we're like Elvis and Costello or something. Or Elvis kinda, and Costello? <laughs> I'm trying to think. What, oh, what yeah. I love that. You say we're like outcasts. So. <laughs> we're like outcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Bow's like big boy and I'm like, on. Uh, no, no, no. Bow's like, like Andre. Okay. Because cool. he's always like super like cool and fresh and that kind of thing. And I'm like big boy because I'm just straight up hip hop. So <laughs> And we should yeah. say we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to make this project without um ITVS who really supported us throughout and also uh Center for Asian American Media Media CAM. Mm-hmm. Um so we're really appreciative of their support. Yeah the the community has really lifted us up. I mean that's the other thing about it is the book you know, my books are obviously coming from an Asian American Pacific Islanders perspective, but um, but this series is probably the most uh, API, <laughs> the most Asian Pacific Islander that we've that that we've ever kind of presented um, in a way. So it's we wanted to ha- kind of have that, but also not necessarily have to name it to be like, yeah. you know, to to just ha- kind of have it embedded and just be like, yo, you want to see the world through our eyes? This is how it looks. Um, through Bao's eyes, actually, uh, and and uh, do your and words, so. my eyes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Elaboration, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important. It's important to. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, it's well played. <laughs> so well played. Yeah, it's it's important to tell all these stories because they're, you know, Asian American is such is such a like amalgamated term it means so many things to so many people with from so many backgrounds and you know like i i'm so excited for stories like yours to be told and what stories they inspire because you know this is this is i feel like asian americans especially since a lot of us are second generation like our histories in this country don't go you know go back to like maybe the 80s or 70s right mm-hmm. like 
have that context of like our place in this in this country from people who we've decided to be in this group with it, it's, it's super important yeah i mean and, and that's kind of like one of the messages is sort of like to to again going back to that diversity where like diversity is radical and if you can figure out a way to make uh, a space for everybody to be all right then you've you've really achieved what i think we're all put on this earth to to do um you know, and and to make room even for for the folks who don't believe in that actually is 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 uh is is part of part of the struggle. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've been around though since the seventies and the eighties. I'm like, the internet says I'm sixty nine years old. <laughs> so uh, he's like the cool dad I never had. <laughs> granddad, actually, I'm the cool granddad Bob never had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, before I let you go to your uh, your premiere tonight. Um, do you think it's going to be all right? Whew. What do you think, Val? <laughs> I think it will be all right. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, I mean, James Baldwin said, like, you know, I have to be an optimist, right? Because I'm alive. Mm. I, I'm reminded of that a lot. Uh, there's stuff that happens in my life, but I'm still breathing and I have to take every breath and make sure I not take advantage of every breath, but be aware of that breath and what that means. And I think uh, if, if if that carries me on to the next day, then, yeah, I'm all right. And I hope everyone <laughs> else is going to be all right, too. Yeah. Jeff, how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if Bob thinks so, then I, I will, too, I think. <laughs> but that's part of it, right? It's, in, it's infectious. I think that if we uh, just like... I think it's really evil to destroy. I mean, really evil and easy. I meant to say easy, and I also mean evil, to to like to destroy things and kind of segregate people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's the status quo, um, and uh, and so you know we have to be pushing against something, um, towards something, um, and and that's the that's the thing that we I think see. Um, it's part of Bao's aesthetic, and it's part of what we see. It, what we've seen in everybody, you know, that we talk to is this this idea that if I can carry this, that other jo- others will join uh, with me, and that because um, you know, all right, is something that you can feel alone, but it's much better felt with a lot of other folks around. So totally. Well. I've been talking with Jeff Chang and Balwin, the director and producers of We Gonna Be All Right, the new, the upcoming web series. So check it out. Uh, we're we're going to put links in the show notes of this show. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you get off to your, you all can't see this, the listeners, but uh, Balwin and Jeff are dressed in the nines for their, for their thing tonight. So um, I'm going to let them go. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and, you know, congrats on the series. Can't wait to see it. And yeah, hope, um, hope you guys survive the next few days. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks. Next up, we go back to the lap of 2019 press day with the filmmakers and subject of the documentary, The Ugly Model. Um, the Ugly Model uh, is the story of Kevin Kreider, a Korean-American adoptee and model, and the story of him growing up and dealing with his issues of self-esteem and body image. It's a fascinating documentary and also a great conversation. So here is a conversation with the filmmakers behind The Ugly Model. Hey, what's up, everyone? My, it's Minji here at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. We're so excited to do a press day uh, for some of the filmmakers here. And we're, we are, um, Marvin's monitoring, so he's not talking on this. But I'm so excited to sit down with the filmmakers and the star of The Ugly Model, uh, which is a documentary about Mr. Kevin Kreider. So, hi, guys. Welcome to, the, to the podcast. I like hi. being called a star instead of the subject. The subject. See? Yes. We try to spin it. This is an empowering uh, platform. Yeah. How are you guys doing? So we have Kevin. We have Doris. Yes. Do you want to introduce yourself a tiny bit? I'm Doris Young. I'm the director of, uh, of the film. Um, Bianca Kuyper, the producer. Very cool. Being one creative producer. Creative producer. Very cool. So what I understand is that you guys got this uh, project together from a Kickstarter fund, which is always really cool to understand how projects are created because there's so many different ways to get a film made, right? Can someone share the background of like how the Kickstarter and that that whole 
campaign yeah, came to be? It was actually fantastic because yeah, the, the, we had of course the idea and the project, and we thought we would fund it way more in a like low-profile way. But when we started to film, we had so much good footage and the story was so rich that we thought like, okay, we need to fund a little bit more to make something proper out of it. Right. So then we were like, okay, what is fast and what can we do? Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was one of the most uh, rewarding things of the project because we got so much support out of the community and like it reinforced like the needs to tell a story like this. Very cool. I kind of jumped the gun a tiny bit, but that's incredible. So we have the understanding of the community came together to make this project be a possibility. Doris, can you tell us what the story is about and what created such this like the support and this energy around it? Oh, the the story actually uh, is uh, based on Ke Kevin's life um, as uh, a model um, and as trying someone trying to kind of um, be present, uh, uh, be visible uh, in the media mm -hmm. and his difficulties in doing so as a model, as a um, uh, as a person out there and um, and I, th I think it really spoke to all of us on this project is that uh, we, as people, Asian Americans or people of the Asian diaspora who grew up in a predominantly uh, Western or, or, or white society, we don't see ourselves represented on the screen. Yeah. And that's always, you know, that's always um, something that has been an issue for, for a long, long time. For it's sure. only recently that with movies like Crazy Rich Asians that we've been seeing more representation, mm -hmm. mainstream representation. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we, we thought, especially for Asian men, that it's even less uh, representation. For sure. You don't see Asian leads uh, on TV, t television shows, films. You know, only Chris, Crazy Rich Asians uh, was like the first uh, Asian-American uh, male lead. Right. Um, and so that was kind of uh, what we were trying to do with uh, The Ugly Model, is to tell the story, Kevin's story, of trying to break, it, break into the modeling industry and his, the obstacles and um, things that have happened in his life to kind of showcase how hard it was uh, to do so. Right. Well, Kevin, I feel like the story is so rich, not just because of the anomaly of like being the male, Asian male model, but... Yeah. It's so much deeper than that because it goes really into who you are as a person and what led to the complexities of like how you saw yourself, right? Yeah. Like that's really kind of the story that's kind of emerging from where the lack of Asian male leads has been and what the meaning behind having them now does kind of for the community, right? Yeah. So you're Korean American, an adoptee, and where did you grow up again? And I grew up in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, we don't want to give the whole film away, but like, what was it like for you, like birthing this project and putting your life out there for people to yeah. to go really into kind of a vulnerable space? It was uh, it was challenging because I didn't know what boundaries to have, but I knew I didn't ha I couldn't have boundaries because if I was to tell this story honestly, I have to show the ugly parts. I have to show the angry, the resentful, all the feelings that I've ever had about this subject, what I've ever felt about being an Asian man and reliving some experiences that were really hard to heal. Yeah. Um, and in that process, I realized I had a lot more healing left. You know, there was uh, things that happened that I couldn't have planned, and some of it was with Asian women, um, and something I realized I had a lot of healing left to do with that. Wow. And so the ironic part, like I said, is there's two Asian women right here who took the main interest in it. Yeah. It wasn't until these two started to show interest in my story and what I had to say than more people did. Right. It was actually really comforting, and I was able to look at myself and realize, man, you know, I wasn't giving these people a chance anymore, you know? And that's when the healing started to happen for me. And I actually feel like I had a little bit of a transformation doing this. That's I, awesome. I learned so much about Asian culture and media, even, mm -hmm. uh, not just modeling in Southeast Asia, but I had a really big epiphany moment, too, after I did a TEDx talk and coming back from Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And I realize now this Asian male image is now up to us, the Asians, to be able to do it because right. now it's an internal job, you know, because I saw how we validate whiteness still, mm -hmm. even in Asia. Mm -hmm. And so here, especially in America, it's like that. So I said, I was like, man, I don't think it's white people's fault. Right. It's now our fault, and we need to do something about it. Right. You know, and that's the only thing we can do. And so that's why I really wanted to start getting more deep into the Asian community to start the healing process for other people, too. That's really wonderful. I mean, the, the, the subject of it and you being able to put yourself kind of on display to be very vulnerable about yeah. true 
very dark things, right? Things that are very difficult to even identify with yourself and then to share it with the entire and, universe while a camera's following you. And as an Asian male, because first of all, Asian male feelings don't really get talked about. 100% agree with you. Not that often, right? And then yeah. feeling attractive is even less, even for a man, period. Yeah. Because we weren't taught that being attractive is not part of the Asian man or, or the even man being period. a man it's like yeah. there's a lot of like a lot of layers to kind of just masculinity yeah. in general right? right there's layers to culture but why queer eye is so important right now is to talk about men having self care like caring yeah. about what you put on your back or totally doing your hair even like suddenly is equated to something about your sexuality so there's like so many layers, so of, many layers. of of the conversation and so I think it's just really extraordinary that you guys took it you know to this to this place to have it made and to have it created have it funded yeah. um, hats off to you I gotta make a quick point too with the Kickstarter just observing the Kickstarter from these guys it was amazing the response too when it was out there because the Kickstarter blew up really fast mm -hmm. and in the first like two weeks I think it touched hit the goal. a nerve you guys yeah and so like I was like we should have asked for more money <laughs> you know but it was great to see a response like that that's really cool what do you what do you hope that people walk away with? Like, what do you guys all feel like? The message is kind of you know obviously you're touching upon a lot of different topics encompassed in one film. What's kind of the resonating thing that touched you that you hope other people who see it will walk away feeling or thinking? I personally would like the Asian community or just even people who feel a lack of insecurities or inferiority or feeling invisible mm -hmm. to walk away with a like a healing story for them to realize they they are valuable they are attractive you know they they're proud to be asian too and an asian male and so i want this story to be make asian men proud i think uh the, you know what i want them to walk away with is that they're not alone that uh uh no matter where you come from that uh, you know we can identify with kevin's story and that um yeah um that uh, Confidence uh, is, you know, not on the outer; it's on the inner side. You know, and, and inner beauty and outer beauty—it's about the inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the younger Asian men, right, amongst uh, us, um, you're you're not alone, right? If even like a man like this is struggling with these issues, like it's totally normal, and um, yeah, feel empowered by it. Sidebar: We're on audio, but Kevin is—he is a male model. You get paid to look lovely and you're a beautiful person so you can't you can't see that right now i just have to state the obvious yeah. but it's also that beauty comes in so many different like we kind yeah. of like culture of beauty is a very i think very relevant topic with the asian culture yeah. across it's a very complex question very and, complex uh, question right so I just yeah one more thing to add like yes. as a documentary filmmaker i hope people beyond this community asian american community ocean community can see the film it's not just a topic film, but also we capture something so nuanced, so profound, deep, broken, beautiful, everything. You see a three-dimensional human being. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you guys so much for, for the work that you've done. Um, congratulations. Um, I hope people walk away feeling really inspired, feeling healed, uh, transformed a little bit, because I think that's the point of making art for the documentary narrative. But these true stories are really powerful, and you guys the work and so we're just grateful that you've done it thank you thank you so much bye have a great festival thank you Next up, we chat with the cast and crew behind In a New York Minute, one of the film's indie narrative feature competition. We chat with writer-director Mandy Lee and actors Celia Al and Elio. The story is about three Chinese women who live in New York City, all from different backgrounds and walks of life, and how their lives intertwine in the Big Apple. So with that, here's our conversation with Mandy, Celia, and Yi. Hey guys, this is Minji for Collabcast, and we're here at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. I'm sitting down with three amazing women who are here representing the film in a New York minute. Okay? And I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves and what part you have in the film. Hey, what's up? My name is Celia Ao, and I play Nina. Hi, I'm Shima Lee. You can call me Mandy. I'm the writer director. My name is Yi Liu. I am an actress and I played Angel Lee in the movie. Very nice. Well, congratulations on being in the film festival. We're so Thank excited you. to watch it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I don't want to choose anybody because I feel like everyone will have a really great version of what the film's about. Mm -hmm. So does someone want to volunteer to give our listeners kind of the synopsis of what the film is? 
Go for it. <laughs> Writer, director. director. Go. Um, so in the New York Minute follows three Asian women who live in New York, uh, trying to explore their identities, searching for love and freedom. They're strangers to each other, but during the film progresses, their story across and also affect each other. Yeah, it's a drama. Very nice. So it's about love, love, identity, love, love yeah. struggle, and freedom, freedom yeah. being an independent woman. Yes. And New York is such a gorgeous backdrop. We yeah. actually just got back from New York a couple of days oh, ago. Cool. So we still got that. Yeah. You still energy. got that New York swag yeah. Yeah. in us right now. So that's incredible. Um, when, did, when did you write this film? So how we'd love to learn the journey about how it went from being the idea to the film. Yeah, so... Um, so this movie is based on a short Chinese story. Yeah, I read it online. <laughs> yeah, it's about two years ago. So after I read the story, I feel really connected to these three amazing women. Yeah, so they're trying to find their ident- find themselves and searching for love and freedom. So uh-huh. I'm an immigrant here. So I came from China to uh, to United States to study filmmaking about five years ago. Wow. Yeah. So. During the short period of time, I also suffering the same issue as they did, like homesickness, loneliness. Also, lost myself. I don't know, like what I, what I was doing, like every day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kind of relate to the story a lot, a lot, and also it's kind of a mixed inspiration between the original story as my film experience. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. How long did it take for you? So you read this this it was an article you said or like a It's a short no, oh, short story. Short story, yeah. got it. It took three hours to yeah to finish it. So you, oh to read it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It, yeah. So it's so a short story. And then how long did it take for you to after you read it to create it into a screenplay? It's about almost half a year. Okay. Yeah. So I start to develop the character first and then slowly put things together. Yeah, it's about half an hour. Yeah. Half a year. That's amazing. And when did these beautiful women come into play when they were casting? Like, it's it's really cool. Were you, like, self-funded? Did you do independent financing to, like, get... Or did you just, like, I'm going to cast people. We're going to start making this. So I pitched a story to uh, a Chinese producer who used to... Um, like work on like a really different type of movie as in a New York Minute. So after she read the script, she really liked it. Yeah, so she decided to fund the film. Also, nice. yeah, that's part of the investment. Also, the other half is self-funded. Wow. That's, I mean, that's the, the stories that we hear about artists, because, you know, collaboration, we talk with a lot of different types of artists, not yeah. just filmmakers, yeah. but musicians and mm-hmm. stand-up comedians. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of yeah. investment of self, not just creatively, yeah. Yes. Yeah. financially. Like, you have to take the classes. you got to register your screenplay. Yeah, whatever, yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Yeah. So good for you. I mean, that's a very good, confident move in yourself, saying, yeah. like, I want to make this happen. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you guys get involved in, in the film? So we participated in the casting process. We uh, went in, did first audition, and then we get I get a call back, and then um, probably a week after that, I got a, a call. They said they're they want to offer me the part, and I was really happy. Awesome! Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I sent it a self tape first, and uh, <laughs> afterwards I got called in for a callback. And for the callback, I just. I was dressed like me. I walked in and Mandy, I can see Mandy's face going, oh my God, this is not the girl I saw on the tape. Uh, so different. Yeah. So different. She was like, you look like you're a hip hop artist. Like you're about to like go down and yes, break dance. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't dance, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we got, I got paired up with different guys, um, like who could be my boyfriend. And I can see Mandy being unsure. I was like, oh man, I, uh, I think uh, this, this look I chose today is not the right one. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Yang Z came in. Yang Z plays my mom in the film, and I feel it. Yeah, I've st- known her. Mom, yeah. my, my st- stepmom. In the film. <laughs> don't call that um, woman my mom. Was your yes, line? Yeah, don't call that woman my mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yang and I have known each other for a long time, so the chemistry was instant. Yeah. Nice. And then we went in and did the job, and I felt really good leaving. The only thing that I was like kind of unsure about was like, oh man, I think I look like a little tomboy today. And, uh, <laughs> Not sure if that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Then I got the call. That like, Mandy was like, "Hey, um, love for you guys to uh, for you to be in it, and uh, we're gonna have some rehearsals. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> make sure you're girly." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, let's do it. What's up?" And she's like, first thing, let's put on heels. Yeah, let's got see it. how you walk in heels." And then she was like, 
you still have the swag when you're walking. Walk like a girl. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, character transformation, yes. right? I usually I'm not a purse person, I'm like a bag kind of person. And she goes, yeah. so Wear um, you know you're wearing purses. You got to put it over your shoulder. Just don't swing it behind your back. That's not the right look. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I am really fortunate that she gave me the chance and the opportunity to prove that, hey, I can be girly too. Yeah. I think that's such. A, there's so many great stories about women where fashion and style, you know, before, I mean, this is, I'm speaking personally, just like from a man's point of view, is very kind of like a functional accessory kind of thing because it does, there's a lot of meaning behind the choices that we make about our look or like, the jewelry or the style that we embody, right? So I feel like it's so great that like a female writer director gets to kind of participate in that creation because I feel like it's just it's a different lens to it. It's a different nuance, right? It's like telling the different versions of women that we can be. Yes. And how it's not about the objective of this it's just an expression of you. Yes, most definitely. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It completely makes sense. It's it's relatable in a sense that like there's different people like the film has three different females yeah. and anyone can kind of relate a little part of yeah. all three yeah. right in a sense and it's hard to see an asian female storyline mm-hmm. i mean female storyline in general was unheard of until recently right when we have yeah. wonder woman now we have captain marvel and then now people are willing to accept female storyline created by a female writer director mm-hmm. it's a different take on it right and it's told by I'm not trying to be genderist or whatever, but uh, by the same gender, is there's just little nuances that, uh, sorry, but a male director probably wouldn't pick up. Right. And I don't think that that's anything, I'm personally not attacking a male director no, because I'm, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to be a man. Like, yeah. But I have an idea of it kind of because I feel like I've been looking through the world through mm-hmm. male lens a lot. Yes. But, you know, now it's, it's really fun to celebrate these, these moments. Yeah. Um, and you, I was just curious, like, when you guys are filming these things, yeah. you know, going through, when were you new to New York, or was that something that you're familiar with? Or uh, So, I'm Chinese, and I've been living in New York for five years. Got so it. So, you're like a I New know. Yorker. <laughs> yeah, I know where I am. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, it's just um, not very often to wear a dress in New York in November, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Freezing, yeah. You know, I was sorry. just complaining about being cold in L.A. I can't even imagine <laughs> hey, winter you guys in New York. Chill out, come on. Go yeah. to New York and we'll talk. I know, exactly. I can't talk. That's why I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, we shot our film uh, in wintertime, wow. November, December, yeah. and uh, for a month. Yeah. For 23 days. Wow, days, yeah. 23 days. Yeah. It's crazy. So uh, how does it feel now Now that it's completed? We're going to be able to watch. Everyone's going to be able to see yeah. your film. How's it feeling for you? It's feel unsurreal. <laughs> yeah, so we premiered the film at uh, Newport Beach Film Festival, so it's the first time I saw this movie on the big screen. Yeah. I feel, and I cried. <laughs> she cried. Good. She cried Good. in the Q&A. It's a special <laughs> moment. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I'm ready to cry for you. I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> she sold out her first screening, and that's amazing, you know? Congratulations. And it just proves that, hey, female directors can do it, too. A female storyline can do it, too, guys. Yeah, Hello. for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited. And also, shout out to Ludi, who is in the film. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah, my lover. Oh, your lover. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at, look at you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> look at that. She's like, yes, Ludi. My lover. Well, there is definitely a universal topic that never gets boring and that's love and relationships and, and figuring out those those parts of ourselves are very sacred and so I'm very very happy to hear that you took on the the journey and like the, the risk or like you know you went for what you wanted and yeah. you made the screenplay and now it's something that we all get to share yeah, and watch. So looking forward to people's feedback. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys hoping people walk away feeling? Uh, I just wish that people could feel love and stronger mm-hmm. um, in terms of looking for themselves and fa- facing the true self. And I think that's also the theme of our film. Yeah. yeah. Follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah, Make your own decisions. Don't let other people define you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone goes through hardships, right? Yeah. And it's how you find that silver lighting and how you get out of it. Yeah. Just There's never, uh, you're never stuck. Yeah. You can always find a way around it and find your own goals and your freedom in, in a sense of breaking out. 
I feel like everyone, doesn't matter, men, women, what, what race, gender you are, age you are, there's a moment in life that you feel like there's nowhere to go. And you're trying to look for an outlet. And I hope that after watching this film, they're like, we have an outlet. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. And when yeah. people are at the worst time, you just need something that's uplifting. Tell them, like, hey, we're here for you. We share the same story. We have the same experiences. And it's okay. We can get through yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, we're Asian females, but we're talking about love, which is very universal. Yeah, universal. And, yeah. yeah, I hope they, one they day we don't yeah. need to talk about race or gender <laughs> yeah. or anything anymore. Right. It's just the current time being we're still in this place and we're presenting ourselves mm-hmm. but we're actually um storytelling like searching yeah, yeah for yeah. love and uh resonation like be yeah. more and connection rela- connection and, yeah. with other people yeah yeah, yeah. i, I remember Annalisa uh, on audience watching the movie they're not watching the cinematography editing style coloring they're just seeing themselves really re- reflected by characters on the big screen yeah yeah so i feel people can see themselves through our movie, yeah. For sure. Well, congratulations. I think Thank it's, you. you guys are part of a very important moment. This is when people are kind of opening their eyes, yes, opening their hearts to a lot of things. Yeah, and you guys are inspiring that. I'm sure that there are people listening who are really giving their own ideas and their own projects mm-hmm. a second or third or fourth thought to make into something real. So thank you for being an inspiration thank and thank you, you for thank being you. creators. Thank you. We all need to Artists. support each other and yes. rise together, right? Yes, absolutely. Yay. Well, congrats and I uh, hope you have a great festival. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Much. Thank thank you. Yes, for sure. Thank, thank you. you. And finally, we wrap up our coverage of the 2019 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by catching up with our old friend Kulap Malaisik. You might remember us talking with Kulap about a year ago about her then-upcoming documentary, Origin Story, where she documents her story about finding out about her family history and going back to her home country of Laos to find answers. Well, it's been about a year since the world premiere of that film, and the film had its LA premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. Uh, We catch up with Kulap to just talk about life and also the film. Uh, it was a really fun conversation. So here it is, our last segment of the episode and of our coverage of Lap of 2019. Here is Kulat Vlasic of Origin Story. Hey guys, welcome to Collabcast. We are here at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. Marvin and I are sitting down with our girl, Kulab Vilaisek, who is the director, creator of Origin Story. And we're both dancing here. It's a party. Yeah, that's right. Dancing for a podcast. They still feel it. They feel it. Uh, uh, The rumbles. You know. Are you, you having a good time? I'm having a great time. Good. You know, I, I uh, had really tall, high heels for the pictures, mm-hmm. but now I'm done taking pictures, and I'm in my Adidas slides. Yes. <laughs> I was just complimenting those slides. She That's slid right. on in. That's right. Flatter uh, than flat, guys. Flatter <laughs> than flat. <laughs> it's amazing. Aren't they so plush? Not like, really. Are they not? Okay, mine no, are. They're, do you feel that they're plush? I got the plush ones. Yeah. Wow. They look huge on my feet, but they're plush. Like the ones with extra cushioning? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay, maybe I should move into that. Maybe you and I need to live that life. Yeah, next yeah. level. I'll, I'll, no, that'll be like my present for you for like your film coming out on Amazon. No <laughs> big you deal. Guys. You guys have been supporting me for so long. <laughs> So we, long. Yeah. Year plus. Love you. Year plus. Yeah. Two well, years? Three years? <laughs> it's, it's such an important story. And it's beautifully done, and it's like your life. To, you know, like I don't know. I have a newer appreciation for docs too, because I'm <laughs> dating a documentarian. Yeah, but like, and my mom has been trying to get me into, into documentaries my whole life. But it's just like Matt. It's so much respect for like where the depths you went through, and like sharing it with everybody, and the movement that it's creating. How are you yeah. feeling about the movie? I'm feeling really good. I'm glad that we had this year run of Film Fest to kind of prepare me for this next phase where anybody can see it. Yeah. Um, and I, I am a little scared. I have a little bit of anxiety about it. But ultimately, I know I believe in the work. And also, it's kind of not up to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, too late now. <laughs> yeah, at this point, am I going to stop it? <laughs> I mean... Stop the presses! <laughs> There's no presses. <laughs> stop the... Download. Someone call Bezos. Tell him. Stop all the machines. The cloud. Turn off the cloud. Jeff, it's me. Cool off. Do me a fave, bro. I know you're going through a divorce. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've got some stuff on your plate and everything. Well, your film world premiered at Bentonville, right? Oh, it did. Pre- it, it premiered in Bentonville yeah. a year ago. And yeah. now you're having your LA premiere. Yeah, L A A P F F. I can't believe that was a year ago, Benville. That has flown. It's wild. Because you know, Facebook does those memories yeah. that remind you of things. And yeah, today was the premiere. Today. Oh, today, today on the day. day. Wow. Okay. Well, Marvin and I watched it together. We well, watched happy it birthday at to your U- film. Yeah, happy birthday to your premiere. <laughs> we watched okay. it at UTA. One of the A's, yeah. One of the A's. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marv, do you want to like. Do, what's your summary of the the film? How would oh, you describe please, his origin please. story? He's very good at just like. Am I? Yeah, you are. See, this is, I'm his hype woman because he's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Like, yes, you are, Marvin. Let me empower Shoot, you. Where's my notes? Where's the where's the? It's a origin story. Is <laughs> the origin story of one yes. Kulat Malaisek about her learning more about her uh, past as a Laotian refugee, mm-hmm. um, learning about. It all started when you found out that your the, the man you've been calling your father wasn't your actual birth father. Yeah. Yeah. It's a story about going back. You're doing great. Yeah. Keep going. Going back yeah. to the homeland. Yes, the motherland, if you will. Finding, looking for your past, and finding yourself in the process. Oh, snaps! Snaps! <laughs> See, I told you. What did I say, guys? It's not <laughs> about the destination. <laughs> It's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> La journey. And what's been so amazing is I've, I've seen, like, you showed it in San Diego at the last San Diego Asian Film Festival, and it felt like the entire Asian community from San Diego came out. It was like a big party. Believe it or not, there's, it's a, there's a huge community that was a mere fraction. Yeah. There's two temples. There's zero <laughs> temples here. There's two temples in San Diego. So They're San Diego. Huge. Massive. So it was a mere wow. fraction. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, so and, beautiful. But also, you know, my fear was, I think I shared it with you guys, was that, like, I feel like people, the Lao elders, my parents' age and older, I was worried that they would not like it Mm -hmm. because of the very nature of it, because of the questions and because of how, you know, my tone with my mom or just just various stuff, right? right? These are conversations, we don't talk about this as a community. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of my greatest fears. And San Diego was a great example where I felt like held (laughs) by this community that didn't, I didn't know would hold me yeah. and it was really beautiful everyone wanted the picture with her <laughs> everyone all the aunties all the uncles so I see aunties. cool up so much more I still want a picture with her everyone <laughs> you're a beacon of light oh thank you no but thank I mean you. that's what it's you know people can crap all over Hollywood and, and movies in the industry you know for the various problematic things that is but at the end of the day like the reason why we keep coming back is that there are real stories that there is real yeah. art that there are real connections and real truths to be shared that go beyond, you know, a multi-billion dollar, now we're in that world, a multi, you know, a billion dollar opening bajillion, bag, bajillion. bajillion. Yeah, <laughs> bajillion dollar, you know, uh, opening weekend. And it's not about box office, it's about people that say, like, I feel seen, I feel understood, yes. I feel like I'm not invisible anymore. Or alone. And I'm not alone. And the way that those connections happen are so unique because you don't have to be Laotian to feel that like I wept watching your documentary and I'm Korean American and there's so many different experiences that I have yet to discover and dive into but it's just like something about that you feel just like understood yeah so I'm just saying from a non-Laotian too it's incredibly meaningful to see these different stories and to connect with them and feel a little bit like seen and held I love that you said that you felt held by your community wait so also, I feel like I led Minji down. It's, it should be Lao, not Laotian. Lao. Lao or... Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's a, so okay. This, we'll <laughs> yeah, talk please. about this. Yeah. Yes. Because, so I am... So, uh, Laos was part of... Uh, the French colonized it, right? Mm. And so they they made some boundaries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Took, they took their uh, Le Pen and they... <laughs> <laughs> took, On Le Journée. <laughs> they took a big loaf of long bread uh-huh. and they... <laughs> arbitrary boundaries Mm. and so within the boundaries of Laos there are 
almost, some would say 200 plus ethnicities. Wow. So all together, it's Laoshen, like, oh, right? Laoshen. Like, mm. There's that French, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Laoshen. So there's, so the tribe and uh, uh, ethnicity that I come from is Lao, Lom, Lower Lao. Uh-huh. So I'm Lao American, but uh, if someone next to me is Hmong, we are Hmong or Tai Dam or Tai Lu. Mm. All these, we're Laotian as a oh. almost a geographical Got it. connection. Got it. Got it. Of that like region, like yeah, right. yeah. It's the political yeah, versus the yeah. So when I say I'm Lao American, so Lao Lom, Lower Lao, they they're the majority of the country, of the it. small landlocked yeah. country. But yeah, there's uh, so there's so many, so there's even so much diversity within that right. uh, there as well. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like as Asian American, like that huge language, umbrella. Yeah, language is important. I want to make sure that we're yeah, we're, oh, yeah. We're, we're, no, no, we're and, and it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like a lot of people in the community hate that some people are like, "I'm Laos," which is like, "No, you're a country. That's a country." <laughs> like, and the S then was also. Mung um, Lao, Mung means country. Lao is like this, and mm. then the French put the S because they like to put S things. So it's like that's also part the, of the, the, the French. Yeah. Yes, it's exactly. just there. It's just there. It's just there. It's Decor- fancy. Decoration. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, but then you hear the S there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or la poisson. We, we also hear the S. Trying <laughs> to figure that out. It's hard. That's a chicken, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you hear? Did you hear poisson? Oh, yeah. poulet, poulet, poulet. Oh. poulet. Mm. Uh, guys, seven years of French, <laughs> and I'm giving you the three words I know. <laughs> Thank oh, wait, la beefsteak. La oh. beefsteak? Nope. <laughs> la beefsteak. We, 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 we. I know that. And also, that you were part no. of the Empower Conference recently. And what like, a great time! It was just so much fun. You guys did an amazing job. This was you my made second it year. I'm an idiot. It was so <laughs> fun. People had so much fun. Yeah, because it's yeah. not like empower. You know, it's about like roots and next steps, your dreams and all that. But like, we like to just have that be a good time. Yeah. Like, we go deep, but we'll like, go get, keep it real. Yeah, let's yeah. dance, we do that work, and, and Vogue then... at the camera. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and and you had fun with our throwable mics, which is <laughs> I okay. What are they called again? Because I want Catchbox. 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 Yeah. Okay, which yeah. is a fun name no matter what. We have like a little <laughs> name of volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, catchbox also sounds like a venereal disease. Um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they're like they're they're from like Croatia or something. So I don't. Oh, really get it. <laughs> it, they're fantastic, guys. If you don't know about these catchboxes, they are a an ingenious invention. Yeah, especially for a, a big conference where you need to you know instead of having to run around with a mic trying to get a question, you throw this catchbox, you speak into it. <laughs> Amazing! It was amazing. You become a spokesperson. This has been our commercial for Catchbox. Please I give mean, us money. Truly, hit me up, Catchbox. <laughs> <laughs> slide in my DMs. <laughs> Why is she wearing her slide? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, real quickly, because I want to also ignore, ignore, ignore. So we'll, we heard how, it over there and for five minutes. We're not going to say anything. No, 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 she's no, no. We're not ignoring anything. <laughs> First, you told me to go back so to China. So I want to take a second Uh-oh. to acknowledge. Uh-oh. I heard that word and it just went in my brain. Uh, I want to acknowledge your origin story beyond the film is that you have such a rich career being a showrunner, being an actress, doing improv comedy, and it's just like blows my mind because like all of those things, all of the above are like things that I love and I, I respect so much because it's such a craft and it's such a hustle. And the fact that like this is this new part of your, your journey um, <laughs> is just beautiful, you know? And yeah. you have, we've, we're, at, we're at the beginning of APAM and everyone's kind of taking their moment to like reflect on their journey as an Asian American. But you as an Asian American artist, you put up an Instagram post that kind of like showed all these characters that you played. I just need to take a second because it made me so happy. <laughs> Okay. What are your feelings? I was mere like Core asked me just just do one, just do a <laughs> hashtag favorite Asian character. Can you do that? Would you mind doing that? I'm like absolutely. And then I did like a, a, a four like grid of like, like other people. It was great. And then I'm like, let me be a little asshole and do <laughs> a lot. Second pick will be of me. <laughs> six of me. <laughs> it was so great. And it wasn't even like my favorite roles. It was just like these look funny together. Yeah. It was and such a good one simply said it had a picture of me and then uh, it said on the bottom professional whore. 
so. <laughs> the life of an artist, you life guys. Life of an artist. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I play so many roles. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny because, like, as you guys know, I've stepped away from acting. I just don't have an interest in it right now. Maybe it'll change. As I've told you before, I'm so sick of seeing myself on screen. <laughs> I'm pulling back. But the greatest part of that is there's such a freedom now. Mm-hmm having put that down where I'm just like I don't care anymore I'm like so like I bet right now I would do my best acting because I wouldn't be in my head about how I should be right yep. and yeah. now I'm just like I don't care yeah <laughs> like, it's amazing as you know we're all trying to have right and that's it's the irony of life and and this industry of like what it and everyone's always trying to figure out like what does it take and like a lot of it is like you gotta stop caring like, you kind of, can't care yeah. too much about being liked or, like, someone in... Which is crazy because of social media, right? Which is the goal. Not the goal, but that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. Is drumming up likes. Likes equal value. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> a little but, bit. yeah, a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it can be such a... Um, I, I've been working... I've been doing kind of some research in this kind of area of just... I, I didn't know that. Well, first of all, we know with social media, this desire. Sometimes we get we aren't as authentic, even though that's what supposedly we are. Yeah, it's like oh my god, what are you saying? I'm 100 percent real, like all the time. It's it's a curated <laughs> self, right? Yeah, yeah. No matter what, it's yeah. slightly curated. You're picking how it looks in the moments, it's right? Like digital makeup. Yeah, yeah. Right? it is. It's your highlight reel. Yeah, of your life. <laughs> And it's, you hope that it looks like a life well lived, right? But how come in all of this that we can connect um, in so many ways, do a lot of people feel really, really lonely? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading about this loneliness epidemic mm-hmm. and, and just loneliness in general being a ailment of m- modern life. And just kind of thinking about that and how important it is to do things like the Empower fest and the conference to have human interaction Mm -hmm. and to meet new people and to try to collaborate and do all that stuff and how necessary that is Mm -hmm. for us to have like community also things like los angeles that you founded oh my goodness (laughs) we all dance offs and like like i don't know what's going on it's amazing though (laughs) but that's true especially in the creative world where you feel like everyone else is out hustling you like and you yeah, gotta like keep yeah. up it, it gets really in social media yeah. it's it, 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 it's so that that element of like yeah. oh my god they got another job and like oh you know and it, it just it's an onslaught yeah. yeah and it makes you feel like you you aren't doing enough when you probably are like you probably are yeah and yeah. we are all enough you guys <laughs> thank you we are all yeah. enough all enough and that's, yeah that's why spaces like like the festival like our like the events are bring people together so you can it's it's the it's like watching yourself on screen your stories right it's like understanding that everyone else kind of feels the same way you know we need if, reminders of that yeah, I think, you, always yeah yeah you just need to like regroup and yeah. just remember and then who knows like hopefully that'll carry and so it's not the next day it's not so potent of that feeling of loneliness because like man i'm around people 24 7 and then everyone has this particular image of the organizing and all the events and stuff which is like it's true I'm there but at the same I also go home and I get in bed and I brush my teeth like, and I still go to bed feeling like yeah am I not doing what I thought I was gonna do like yeah, all, you know same <laughs> r- ridiculous questions not ridiculous but like same questions we all kind of ask them and so I think it's just good to be in spaces and to be with other people who light us up and to share and be like who extra, understand. who understand yeah. and to be a little extra when whenever you feel like it on Instagram <laughs> and not worry about like, oh, I'm coming off extra team extra all the way. <laughs> Thank you. Live your truth, Snaps. my people, because it's yeah. honestly for me, it's like it's very liberating for just people to make jokes and be funny. Yeah. Not take themselves seriously. And that's the like, thing. I'm not an Instagram model, nor will I ever be. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you guys, I just read this like. Like this Atlantic article about how like the young influencers are like we don't do fake stuff. <laughs> like, they're like we don't do 
Like we're not we're not about like professional shoots. Okay, that's lame. Yeah, they all have the same pose. Yeah. This, did you do you know like the hair holding like this? Oh my goodness! It's like a very specific hair pose. Hair pose. Yeah. But they all do, but they're not fake. On my, on my flight to New York, there was a girl in front of me who spent the whole, whole entire flight doing that pose. Get out. So wow. are you good at the pose now, Marv? Did you Can learn? Can you do it? <laughs> I, couldn't, I, don't, I don't know angles. So <laughs> It's about angles. It really is about <laughs> angles. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. But in any well, case, yeah, cool. I mean, create and go watch Kulab's movie yeah. and you yes. shall be comforted the is movie, what we're saying. The movie is Origin Story. It's playing here. It's, it's having its L.A. premiere here at the L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival and it will be out streaming at the end of the month. That's right. Uh, well, not even the middle of the month. Amazon oh. on May 10th, the day before my birthday. That's how you guys what? all remember it because <laughs> oh, you all know my birthday. <laughs> it's got We got a party to all over the world to yeah. celebrate yeah. Bob's birthday. That's right. Before it comes out on Amazon. Available <laughs> Amazon. <everywhere. laughs> Amazon. Thank you, cool Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what the accent was at the end, guys. Sorry. It just went, it went places. Bug it. Yeah, but congratulations <laughs> On the LA premiere, thank you so much. We're excited, and congratulations! Congratulations on the the streaming deal and everything. Thank you. We're so thank excited, you so and we hope that you feel held by us because we always. Yeah. always. I can only imagine like it feels like it's going out into the universe, but it's it's a really beautiful moment. Thank you guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks a lot. And with that, that'll do it for Collaboration's coverage of the 2019 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. I hope you enjoyed all the conversations we had with the filmmakers. And if you get the chance, definitely catch all of these great films at your local festival or on streaming. Again, you can catch the web series from our first segment, We Gonna Be Alright, on Facebook Watch right now um, from Indian Land Storycast. And if you're interested in Kulova Lysak's origin story, that film is available now for streaming on Amazon Prime. So definitely check that out. Thank you once again to everyone who talked with us um, from We Gonna Be Alright, The Ugly Model, in a, in a New York Minute, and Origin Story. Again, a big thank you to Visual Communications uh, for helping us coordinate all these interviews. And a big thank you overall for all their work in supporting filmmakers and advocating for diversity and representation in our stories. If you want to learn more about Visual Communications and their programs, please check out their website at vcmedia.org. And with that, thank you so much for listening. As always, this podcast is a production of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community. Learn more about Collaboration and the rest of our programs by going to the website www.collaboration.org. That's Collaboration with a K. Thank you to my partner in crime, Minji Chang, for um, writing Shotgun and taking lead in many of our interviews. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue, and we'll see you next time on the Collabcast. Bye, everyone.